smartest 10 people in the world get together and write a strategy and you can hand it off to people, it'll never get implemented. And now, your podcast hosts, Andre and Christian. Welcome to Connecting for Future, the podcast where we discuss the ways in which we can build a better tomorrow. I'm your host, Christian Kösling, and with me is my co-host, Andre Brusiak. Now, as a leader in the technology industry with over 30 years of experience working in different countries around the world, ladies and gentlemen, the Chief Executive Officer of Vodafone Business, Mr. Vinod Kumar. Thank you so much, uh, Andre and Christian, for having me with you guys. Uh, it's a real pleasure. Vinod, great uh, for having you here. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your background and your experience in the tech industry? Yeah, now I need to date myself. Uh, I've been in the technology industry uh, principally around uh, B2B services on a global basis with a heavy involvement in, in telco, internet, and uh, uh, cloud and data services long before they became fashionable. Uh, so, uh, And I've done it around the world in multiple continents uh, with fairly deep uh, experience in uh, the U.S., Europe, as well as in Asia. Uh, and my role uh, in the companies that I've worked in have covered, um, you know, sales, marketing, strategy, and uh, for many years now, uh, P&L management. Uh, just before I joined Vodafone, uh, which was about four years ago, I was um, in uh, uh, Tata Communications as the CEO of that business running a global operation. I'm running out of script a little bit, we note, but just as you mentioned, sales and marketing, I always think that it's very important for a business to, to have these um, two functions be very close together. Is, is that also your view? Yeah, listen, I completely agree. You know, over the years, as I've built organizations and, uh, and uh, helped many people build their careers, I've always stressed on the importance of them spending time in sales because that's when you really get firsthand with customers in the market and competition and you learn a lot. And then within an organization, especially in today's con uh, context, building uh, propositions that are attractive to customers and that are differentiated from competition can only happen, uh, or I should say are critical to win, and the linkage between sales and marketing Uh, with no loss in transmission um, is also super important. So having those together and being, uh, work, work, you know, it's not necessarily about reporting lines. It's actually about making them work together very closely uh, is a prerequisite for success. Absolutely. So there's a lot going on in the tech industry right now, we know it. Um, we're really interested to hear your thoughts on, on change in, in the technology field. How, how do you perceive the change and the fast pace of, of the change currently? Um, you know, I'll answer it a bit differently from how normally people in the tech industry like to think about this, which is clearly technology keeps evolving. And, you know, now every single person is talking about generative AI and LLM and chat GPT-4 and so on and so forth. And there's a, always a hype. Sometimes it's blockchain, sometimes it's quantum. I think it is important for us to understand that at the end of the day, you know, we have what really matters is customers' business of evolution. And the more we can stay close to that, that change and not the technology change primarily, right, and see those as something that have to be coupled together, the more successful we will be as an industry because we will deliver real outcomes because these hype cycles also fade away and then 
emerge again over a period of time, but usually the technology becomes suitable once the technology adapts itself to the customer's business situation and the change cycle they're going through. Um, and, you know, the world doesn't wait for, you know, build its future based on what's happening in technology in a way. I'm being sacrilegious here when I say it. But I think the more the technology business professionals, all of us, think about delivering customer business outcomes, we can use these new technologies, which are very powerful, but we can use it more effectively. So that's how I'd like to think about technology. And also I'd like to think about innovation in the same way, right? It is the innovation really begins to take off uh, and the effect is seen when we view it through the eyes of the customer. That's a great point, Vinod. It takes ambition to embrace change and will be willing to take risks. Can you tell us how you stay ambitious and motivated? I think life would be boring if you're not ambitious and motivated, right? What do you get out of bed for? Um, I, you know, I, the way I like to look at it is not, you know, about so much about personal ambition, but I like to think about it as the opportunity that is out there, right? Uh, and any way you look at it, uh, you know, from a society standpoint, uh, both consumers, small businesses, and so on, there are, you know, tens of millions or hundreds of millions of consumers who don't have digital services in their life. Things that you and I take for granted, they can't even imagine it. There are, you know, millions of businesses that don't use basic digital technologies, right? So the, the ocean is so big. So if you start, if you think about what remains unaddressed, I think it, that itself is quite motivating. It gets one out of bed. The second thing is, going back to the, my previous answer, when you think of the technologies that are constantly coming out and the innovation, the simplicity, the ease of use, Right, um, you know, we we are uh, scratching the surface in terms of the impact those technologies have on business outcomes. So rather than you know look um, internally alone, I think if we also look at what is um, uh, remaining to be done, uh, you know, that gets me very motivated to try and um, push myself, uh, motivate the teams, and encourage people around me, uh, and build inst institutions that can cater to that untapped potential in the market. And and I don't think we'll ever fulfill it. That'll be, you know, that, that's a moonshot we keep working on. Vinod, what can we do to, I mean, the technology is always there, right? And, and there's a lot of technology. How do we um, make sure that our customers understand the full potential of technology? Take 5G, for example. Uh, there has been some momentum in the market. I always think it's not fast enough because I think there's so much potential. But some some customers, some industries haven't yet, I think, scratched on the surface of what some kind of technology can really do for them. Yeah, 5G is a great example of a technology that has huge potential. Right? If you think of three dimensions of 5G, the scale at which it can operate in terms of number of devices that can operate simultaneously, uh, the security, which is considerably a step up over previous technologies, over Wi-Fi, even the most latest Wi-Fi technologies, in terms of latency, in terms of throughput, on every technology vector, it's actually very powerful, and it is game-changing. However, we need to understand that, let's say we take 5G to a factory, right? It's not just about offering this. The whole factory has to be reinvented in terms of its layout, in terms of new sensors uh, with new radio modules uh, uh, on, on the machines and things. 
Um, if you want AR, VR, you need to have um, headsets that are operationally suitable for people to wear for many hours a day. And, and it is important for us in the technology business to bring together the ecosystem of technologies, which means we have to bring multiple players together to solve the problem holistically for a customer. Um, uh, you know, a, CIO, a global CIO once told me, Vinod, your technology may be great, but you're taking a small problem off my desk. Please take big problems off my desk, right? And that means if to take a big problem off a CIO's desk or a manufacturing head's uh, desk, you need to actually work in a more holistic way than each of us thinks. So the cloud guys go and talk about how great the cloud is. Or somebody go to talks about AI. Somebody goes and talks about security. And we go talk about network and all these other things. And then we leave the responsibility to use this combination of technologies with the customer. So at Vodafone, we're really focused on seeing how we can build, for example, 5G solutions with an ecosystem of partners through our edge innovation labs or our 5G uh, uh, you know, future forums to say, this is how we can actually take a big problem off your table. And this is the benefit that you will see. And you will see it in the output of your factory. You will see it as an improvement of your cost structure or your speed to market and your revenue acceleration. That language begins to cut through rather than say, you know, 5G is great for latency, 5G is great for security because, yeah, it is. But then the customer says, okay, I'll do it later um, because I have to work on these four other pieces. So if we can bring, you know, the four other pieces and us together, they really want to embrace these new technologies. So it's about business outcomes. It's about ecosystems. Yeah, that's some great advice. Thank you, Vinod. Um, Vinod, you are leading a massive organization globally. And I personally always ask myself, how do you lead an organization on a global scale with, with that kind of diversity in cultures and backgrounds? And can you help us understand in your approach to leadership? Well, you know, frankly, leadership is really about uh, only about people at the end of the day, right? So there's, not, there's, um, there's no other uh, factor that, that you're, uh, you're, you're massaging into a shape and strategy. So um, I, I feel that a few things help. One is, um, you know, having a very compelling North Star and a vision for the business that is bold, ambitious, that is multi year that will you know refresh itself automatically um, and then that, so that's one also over the years I've learned that when you build this kind of vision you have to build it with everybody's uh, input and signature and imprints on it you know you can have the smartest 10 people in the world get together and write a strategy and you can hand it off to people it'll never get implemented you need to get those dozens and hundreds of people somewhat involved in the creation of that and you have to let them shape it and that's not it's not just a, a series of workshops you actually got give them the freedom to change it if required so i think setting a north star that has the input of large the largest number of people possible in an organization is a critical part of leadership the second is to be really transparent with you know what success means Uh, and how that success will build over a period of time. So you need to show the baby steps that lead us to the big goal. 
I think the third thing is to to accept your own your own vulnerabilities to people to say that this is the direction we're going. There's some things that I know, some things that I don't know, or many things that I don't know, or we as a leadership team don't know. But that should not stop us from doing it. Let's go do it. Let's you know try things together. Let's fail together. Let's you know celebrate both success and learn from you know failures. But doing that in a very sincere way and not you know sort of a uh, corporate or uh, you know uh, too formal a way. I think when people feel it organically, then they will we, they will actually enjoy being part of their journey and will actually stretch a lot and sacrifice a lot. And then the last thing I'd say is, um, you know, and this is a challenge in large organizations, but it can be done. And I, I've had some, you know, success, many failures also at it, which is. Finding a way to link people's personal purpose with their professional purpose. For me, that's the killer, right? When you do that, then people will will just blast through any challenge, will work through the hardest of times, will you know go for any mountain. Uh, when they feel that, hey, what matters to me is somehow has a good overlap with what matters to the company or my team, right? And and is the manager's role like I can you know I can do that and I try to do it for my the direct team for me right so I try to say okay at your stage of career what is important to you how is how does that map with what's important to Vodafone right how how does that link with what Vodafone business does then they feel like when they come to work and you know they're being stretched that both the company's objectives and their personal objectives are being fulfilled. It takes a little bit of effort. And if they do it with their next level team and then the next level team and so on, you suddenly have an engine that really has aligned interests together. Uh, it's effort, but it for me, it's the you know, really important part of achieving success together. I still remember when you started at Vodafone three years ago. We traveled to customers across Europe. However, there was also a lot of change in those three years. We had COVID, so the whole world changed. What role do you see Vodafone playing in the broader digital transformation? Well, we have a you know big aspiration there. Our, our goal is to be the trusted advisor for digitalization for the businesses we serve. Right Now, it will vary depending on the size of the business. We need to be humble about where we can... Um, make a difference and where we can't. So if we go to, you know, very large multinationals, we're very confident that it, when it comes to leveraging next generation uh, connectivity technologies, whether it be in IoT or 5G, in the future 6G, in, in terms of software-defined networking, in terms of using, um, you know, uh, different kinds of uh, uh, security embedded in our um, wide area networking solutions, Building, building quantum-proof VPNs. You know, we're very. You know, we we have the capabilities to deliver a lot of value for them. Um, when it comes to mid-sized businesses, we really our perimeter expands. We we would like to be the trusted advisor that uh, the mid-sized business comes to for anything to do with digital. It can be related to, you know, you know, simple connectivity through you know the kind of devices they need to provide various employees in their organization to cybersecurity to productivity, CRM, SaaS solutions, to creating a web presence, uh, you know, uh, optimizing their digital advertising spend, anything digital, we believe that through our ecosystem of partners and through our advisory service like Behub, we can add value to them. And then when it comes to a Soho customer, right, we have, we serve 5 million Soho customers across Europe and then even more when we look at Africa. Uh, we believe that we can 
make them independent uh, businesses uh, and and we can actually help them plant the seeds and make that those seeds grow into uh, much bigger businesses over a period of time um, so there's a lot that we can do and in the public sector we you know we really are already providing a lot of critical national infrastructure uh, critical um, uh, uh, technology components for many players in the defense sector uh, all across the world um, and so we play different roles for different people but at the end of it if you summarize it we like to be the trusted digitalization partner for our businesses and our scope will vary depending on their shape and requirements coming back to the role of technology vinod um, how important is technology to play a part in in uh, solving the big problems and challenges we have currently in the society globally uh, obviously my answer is a bit biased and self-serving but um uh, i see technology as you know the 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 only unlock um um I won't say only unlock, I'll come back to it in a second, the critical unlock in order to make um, some of the challenges that we face in the world, you know, lessen the impact and go away over time. And also I think technology has a really big role to play in leveling the playing field and including all people in society um, in the journey that we're on and to reduce the gaps in society that are quite painful. Um, Uh, so I, I really believe that um, the innovation is so powerful and the innovation that we're seeing in different domains, it can be in in compute, it can be in, in networks, it can be in biology, it can be in, and, you know, in, um, in the area of uh, geology and so on. But when they come together, I love those combinations, right? And therefore, the more we look at combinations, the more we go outside our, bound, our boundaries, the more impact it can make on the world. But I have to say, you know, that 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 is, um, you know, uh, technology. But I think the the big challenges and the big opportunities that lie ahead of us will come from human beings becoming much more aware of our responsibility to the planet and to each other. Right? Once, the, you know, that is the foundation. That's the starting point. And then technology is, I would say, the top critical enabler to make those um, uh, vision uh, vision and dreams be realized. Right. And Vinod, how do you see AI playing a role in the future of technology industry? I, I'm not an expert in AI, but obviously very um, uh, been following not just what's happening now recently, but it is um, a, a, a big uh, a big topic. And you know, I, I have a more uh, balanced uh, approach um, to uh, to AI, and I see considerable upside and opportunity to leverage AI. Um, that will further humankind. I don't see AI as something that will, you know, kill employment and take away jobs. But as technology is all, always done in the course of human history, some jobs will be replaced, some jobs will be made uh, um, redundant, some some jobs will be made more efficient. But always, it's a little bit like a whack-a-mole, right? They're like you'll have other things that pop up. There'll be other needs that have to be catered to. Um, and and that's going to happen again with AI. We've been, you know, dealing with AI in different forms for the last, uh, um, you know, 20 plus years. And, uh, and, you know, if anything, there's more jobs that have been created. Many parts of the world have, um, uh, you know, difficulty hiring people uh, fast enough. So 
the world will reinvent itself, work will reinvent itself, reconfigure itself around AI. Uh, and where things are not productive, AI will help us become more productive. Um, we not in, in Germany, I always, or sometimes, I, I see a tendency of people that look at technology that don't see the, the chances of establishing technology, but um, that see the risks associated with technology. What advice w would you have uh, to, to have a clear view on, you know, what technology could really do and not have a too much risk focus in that sense? Listen, risk awareness is very important, right? But um, the um, I, I will I often quote uh, a bit of uh, a, 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 a Buddhist uh, phrase which basically says when there's pain, you approach the pain. Right, and to learn more about it, and then you figure out how to deal with the pain, and the pain eventually goes away. The same thing with risk. Just because you know that there's a risk doesn't mean you stay away from it. Actually, it's more important to go closer to that risk uh, and to understand it, to study it, and usually uh, human ingenuity will make sure that a solution is found for that risk. Um, to sit and think that the wave of technology will not land on the show that you're sitting on um, I think is a bit um, naive and a bit silly. So it's better to actually realize that the wave will come and will land on the shore, but you can actually choose to ride that wave or get, get swept away by that wave. Um, and, and we need to be humble to respect that wave, but we also need, shouldn't be uh, afraid of it. We need to figure out how we conquer our fear, work through the risk, and actually ride that wave. Throughout Europe, Small and medium-sized enterprises form the backbone of the economy. So companies with up to 249 employees and a annual sales up to 50 million euros. Which advice can you give to business leaders in the SME mid-sized enterprises? I would say that, you know, in the, in, in the period that was created, started at the end of uh, or during COVID and after, um, The, the, the amount of technology that is available for a mid-sized business or even a small business to operate with the speed um, and, um, and, and uh, uh, you know, or, or not, not necessarily speed, to have access to technology that enables them to do anything a large business does is unprecedented. Now, a small business obviously can operate much faster because of its scale and, and can be more agile. Previously, it wasn't the case, right? Certain technologies, whether it came to networking or when it came to cloud or when it came to um, SaaS solutions, were really available to very large businesses which were sophisticated users that had big CIO organizations, so on and so forth. Today, you can be a small business and have access to nearly all that technology that will allow you to compete with them effectively and to build your business dreams. And there are many small businesses that are doing it. So I would... my Friendly advice to an owner of a small business would be don't intimidate, don't be intimidated by technology. Embrace it. Speak to trusted people and start the journey. And the journey will unfold over a period of time, but start the journey and don't keep waiting. Quick fire round. What sport would you compete in if you were in the Olympics? Uh, gymnastics. I've never done it, so it'll be cool. If you pick up a new skill, what would that be and why? Juggling, because I can keep my kids entertained. What's your best remote work tip? Uh, don't multitask.
What book changed your life? Um, the Bible, you know, I um, in, in, no, I don't, I don't mean it facetiously. I actually genuinely mean that. That, and then also the um, I'd say three things: the biographies of um, Nelson Mandela and Mahatma Gandhi also just made me aware of uh, how um, you know uh, uh, you could actually drive very large change movements without uh, if you put yourself a bit behind and and practice servant leadership meaning it's a journey i don't think i do it but that was very impressive vinod before we wrap up do you have any advice for our listeners who are looking to pursue a career in the tech industry you know same as uh, with um uh, w w that i had as advice for you know owners of small businesses you know Uh, technology, uh, if you're interested in change, if you're interested in something which is future-proof, um, the tech industry is a fantastic space to be in. Uh, and the beauty is it can be applied uh, and it makes an impact uh, to um, uh, every other industry in the world. Um, and therefore, if you want to make a big difference, you want to learn constantly, um, and you want something which is a set of skills that is quite transferable on a global basis, This is a cool place to be. Awesome. And we already know, unfortunately, you are leaving Vodafone by the end of the year. Would you see Vinod again in the tech or telecommunication industry? Yeah, I've been in it for 30 years. I'll, I'll remain in it, but um, it, um, it will be in adjacent areas to what we do in Vodafone. Thank you again for joining us today, Vinod. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Connecting for Future will be back shortly with more insights into the world of technology. And please hit the follow button to stay ahead of future episodes. All the best and take care. Your podcast hosts, Andre and Christian. <laughs>